1: Scott Seidenberg on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, Scott Seidenberg here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We finally turn the page from the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And we look ahead to championship Sunday. But before we do that, because we're going to be breaking down these two games all week long, There's so many other storylines in the NFL that I find very, very intriguing. And one of uh, the sports books sent me an email this morning. About some exotic bets that have to do with what's going to happen this offseason and into next season. One of the biggest stories up on all the sports websites is Tom Brady's future. He says he's going to mull it over with his family. And that's going to be the biggest deciding factor as to whether or not he returns and plays another season. And I'll be honest with you, I did not think that Tom Brady was going to come back and play this season. I thought winning the Super Bowl, riding off into the sunset would be just the ultimate way to go out, especially after leaving New England. And there was a lot of, you know, drama that occurred with that and whatever. The fact that he returned this season told me that he really felt the Bucs were good enough to win it again. And they were. Look, they were the two seed in the NFC. They were hosting the divisional round game after a blowout win in the wild card round. And they lost a tough game to the Los Angeles Rams. Does Brady still think that he will have a chance to win the Super Bowl? next season and so does he come back or does his family weigh in and he has other plans tom brady's son his oldest 14 years old lives in new york with his uh, ex um and his other children his son ben and his daughter vivian there they live with him and giselle does he want a little more flexibility, a little more free time to travel to New York to see his eldest son. I don't know. But I got an email this morning with some interesting exotic bets, including will Tom Brady be on the Buccaneers in week one of 2022? And the yes is overwhelming. Minus 1,500, the no, plus 600. So the book is saying that, yep, Tom Brady will be back next season as the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what about the other quarterback that lost this past weekend? Aaron Rodgers. So much uncertainty about his future. Will he play for another team? Will he retire? That was the biggest storyline of this past offseason. The will he, won't he? And that was the biggest factor that led to the Packers losing in week one to the Saints. And the whole him, Devontae Adams, last dance and all that stuff. I really thought that this was going to be the year for the Packers to win the Super Bowl. But you have to imagine, after losing the way that they did, to think about his future, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is back next year. Here are the odds. Uh, again, this is a, a sports book sent this to me. Um, some of the things, you know, can't really bet here in Vegas. These are kind of exotic plays offshore, things like that. Will Aaron Rodgers be on the Packers in week one? The yes is the dog at plus 160. The no is minus 225. How about this? Will Aaron Rodgers retire prior to week one? Yes is plus 700. The no is minus 2,000. So they believe, at least the odds makers believe, that Aaron Rodgers will play next year, but it won't be for the Green Bay Packers. So who will he play for? If it's not the Packers, the odds on favorite at 5-2, to two, the Denver Broncos. Broncos need a quarterback. They've needed one for some time. A team that seems to have enough pieces in place. They've won some football games, but a franchise quarterback they have not had for a long time. And so they are their favorite. They are the favorite right now. The second favorite, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They absolutely need a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is retiring. They could go in the draft, they can go in free agency, they can go in-house. in, ter- in house. A lot of things could be decided between Mike Tomlin and, and the Steelers organization. Your next favorite at 9-2, the Miami Dolphins. New head coach coming in, Aaron Rodgers could be the quarterback in Miami, and Tua goes bye-bye. Here's an interesting one. At 11-2, the Philadelphia Eagles. Are they not sold on Jalen Hurts? Look, Aaron Rodgers is an upgrade over everybody. So even if you are sold on your quarterback, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like Browns, 15 to 2. The Raiders, I think the Raiders are very interesting at 9 to 1. You know, Derek Carr's future is kind of up in the air as well. And, you know, Rodgers could come in and lead Vegas to the promised land. Uh, the Jets at 12 to 1. You know, if he wants to be in New York, you know him and his actress fiance and can live in New York and have all the marketing opportunities and you know deal with the uh, you know the, the ad execs on Fifth Avenue and do some more State Farm commercials and and Jeopardy things and I don't know. The Panthers, Saints, Titans, Giants, Seahawks, Ravens round out the list of where Aaron Rodgers could play next season. Uh, Here's a fun one. Will the NFL change the overtime format for the 2022 season? The yes or the uh, no playoff change, no change at all, is minus 200. A playoff format only change is plus 140. A both regular season and playoff format change is plus 350. Now, ultimately, I believe that the NFL will change its overtime policy. Uh, I felt that after 2018, when the Patriots won and Mahomes didn't get to touch the ball, that that was going to be the deciding factor. In changing it, but to me, the change is very simple. It's only a slight tweak to the current format that we have now. And all it is, is just saying each team gets a chance to possess the ball. That's it. And don't tell me that the kickoff is the chance to possess. You see, right now, the overtime format makes sense. One team gets the football. If they score a field goal, the other team gets a chance to get the football and respond. They can tie the game with a field goal, or they can win the game with a touchdown. The only thing that I would change about the current format is that the touchdown doesn't end the game on the first possession. And that's it. If a team, no matter what the team does on offense in that first possession, the other team gets the ball after that. And they either match it or they beat it. And that's it. Look at that. Since 2010, 11 playoff games have gone to overtime. The team that won the coin toss 10 and 1. How about that? Seven of the ten scoring the touchdown on the opening drive. It's unbelievable. So all you have to change is you give both teams a chance to possess the ball, and that's it. First team goes down, scores a touchdown. Second team has a chance to match it. And think about the strategy that comes into play now. In the regular season – you may have coaches decide to go for two. One team gets the first possession in overtime. They go down, they score a touchdown. Next team goes down, matches that touchdown. Instead of kicking the extra point to tie it and send it to sudden death, they go for two. Try and win the game on their terms. As opposed to giving the football back to the other team where a field goal wins it. Maybe they just decide, I'm going to go for two right now. Or... How about the coin toss becoming irrelevant now? Because if both teams are guaranteed a possession, maybe it becomes like college. And coaches decide when you win the coin toss, you'd rather start on defense because you want to know what you have to beat. If the team scores a field goal, you know you got to beat that field goal. If they score a touchdown, you know you have to match that touchdown. And then the strategy comes into play whether to go for two or not. It's so simple, you wonder why it hasn't been done already. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Plenty more to get to looking back on this divisional round of the playoffs and looking ahead to Championship Sunday in the NFL as this is The Look Ahead. Here on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: If you dare.
2: This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide meaning it's never been easier to find your zin so head on over to slash find to locate a store near you that's n.com find warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. Uh, taking a look at the updated player notes for the teams involved in championship Sunday. Let's start with the 49ers. The 49ers, uh, some, everyone trying to find out what the deal is with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, who took a helmet to the knee and hobbled off coach kyle shanahan said that debo is expected to practice on wednesday the expectation of course is that he will play in the game Uh, jeff wilson the running back he has been diagnosed with a low ankle sprain he is questionable for the nfc championship game he went down on a special teams play Uh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, the defensive coordinator, um, he actually interviewed for the Vikings head coaching job this week. So there's a little coaching news there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, nothing going on there. So that's pretty much the only, uh, injury stuff that we see is, um, you know, just, uh, Debo is the one that you're worried about. Uh, for the Rams, obviously they are dealing with some stuff here. Andrew Whitworth. Their left tackle, Coach Sean McVay, said that he is, quote, on track to play in the NFC Championship game. Uh, his replacement that played against the Bucks, Joe Noteboom, who played pretty well in that game against Tampa, he suffered a strained peck in that game against the Bucks, so I don't even know if he's going to be able to go, but Andrew Whitworth is on track to return for the Rams, which would be a uh, big-time boost for them. Uh, anything of note here for the Cincinnati Bengals as I check what's going on with them? Um, no, nothing really injury-wise. Everything looks pretty clean there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, everything was pretty clear. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, if we take a look at any uh, notes here on their injury report, um, Tyron Matthew is in the concussion protocol. Uh, still no word about his availability, but being in the concussion protocol, he's going to have to clear all of those medical you know, tests and whatnot in order for him to be available to play in the AFC Championship game. Uh, So after taking a knee to the head and leaving the game early against the Bills, he is in the concussion protocol. Um, That's about it. Uh, The Chiefs did waive Josh Gordon. So uh, he wasn't even active for either of their playoff games. So Josh Gordon has been waived by the Kansas City Chiefs, in case anybody Was wondering. So that's the latest news with the teams going into the uh, championship games here on Sunday. Right now, the spreads uh, holding steady at seven in the Chiefs Bengals game. Total is at 54.5. We have some movement in the NFC title game. The Rams are now three and a half point favorites. Total is 46.5. So uh, last time we spoke, the Rams were a three-point favorite. Now they are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Total is still at 46-and-a-half. So that's just the latest information on where the spreads are. Early betting splits action. And take it for what it's worth. It's early in the week. It's We got five more days. We got plenty of time here before we get to these championship games, right? The Chiefs currently getting 63% of the bets and 82% of the handle. The total on the over 545 is getting 80% of the bets and 93% of the handle. The NFC Championship game, 49ers uh, and the Rams, the Rams are getting... 65% of the hand of the bets, excuse me, and 60% of the handle. That is for the uh Rams getting 65% of the bets and 60% of the handle. The total, which is 46.5, is right now the over getting the most of the action here. 54% of the bets. And 55% of the handle. That is your early betting splits breakdown, courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook, um, of what the action, the early action coming in on both of these games. So the highest per, the highest handle percentage so far is the 93% on the over 54.5 between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And, and I'll be honest with you, I really like that over. I do, and the reason I like that over is, first of all, the Kansas City Chiefs just became the second team since, or the first team since, the 1990 Bills to score 40 or more in back-to-back playoff games. But also, look at the results of the three prior AFC Championship games involving the Kansas City Chiefs. This is their record Fourth straight year hosting the AFC title game at Arrowhead. Three years ago, they lose to the Patriots 37-31. Total of, well, you guessed it, 68. Two years ago, they lose, oh, excuse me, they beat, obviously, they beat the Tennessee Titans 35-24. to Total of 59. And then you look at last year, a 38-24 win over the Buffalo Bills for a total of 62. All three of the games went over the number that we have for this game, which is 54 and a half. So... Think about it. You have a high-scoring team in the Kansas City Chiefs. You have a high-scoring team in the Cincinnati Bengals. These teams played earlier, about a month ago, right, in Cincinnati, where the Bengals won 34-31. The total in that game was 51. And obviously it went over. Hitting at 65. So you have a slightly adjusted total. Of just a field goal. For this game now. Based on the total that was set. In that first matchup. Between those two teams. Uh, I I think that this might be. The safest bet of the weekend. You know you're looking at Chiefs minus seven. I, I do think they win. I think that this is the end of the Cinderella run for the Cincinnati Bengals. If the Bengals win, it's one of the best stories in all of sports in a long time. Like, think can you think of another team like that that is, you know, what they've done? But then again, it's not like the Chiefs would be the first team that you can say, wow, they beat, you know, the Chiefs. Like, beating the Titans is like, all right, you know, the Titans were the one seed, but I think everyone just – would say that the Bills and the Chiefs were better, uh, and then beating the Raiders in the first round. It's not, you know, what I'm saying it's not like they went on the road three straight games like the the, the, the Giants' first Super Bowl run, where they had to, um, you know, go on the road and beat Brett Favre in Lambeau, go on the road and and win in San Francisco and and and. You know, then go and obviously to defeat the Patriots. But you know what I'm saying. It's I just think that the Bengals are a really great story. This is where I think that Cinderella run comes to an end here. Uh, and in the NFC, I, I lean Rams, but I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers won. I think the safest bet might just be that over in the Bengals-Chiefs game. We'll talk more about Championship Sunday, reflect back on the divisional round with our very own Mike Pritchard, host of Betting Across America, right here on vSIN, former NFL wide receiver. We'll get his take on these games, and we'll continue to break it down as we get closer and closer to Championship Sunday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on vSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now is the host of Betting Across America here on vSIN, He is former NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard and Pritch, it's going to take me a long time to get over losing my Bills bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, for the record, I bought a point. I had plus three and a half, and I knew that once they went to overtime, it was over. But 13 seconds, Pritch, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get over those 13 seconds.
2: Uh, yeah, you and a lot of other people, including the Buffalo Bills, I mean, this that's a tough one. I, I don't know how... How are you going to deal with that as a player? I mean, you're 13 seconds away from hosting uh, the AFC conference championship game, which you haven't done that since the 90s, early 90s, right? Um, so, yeah, I think the way that game played out, uh, basically, as you're flying back home, you're reliving the game, Scott. Mm-hmm. And certainly you are, too, because of your bet, for sure. But, I mean, you're going through every single play as players and coaches, and you're like, okay, I want that one back. I want that back. Absolutely, I, I think if you're McDermott, the head coach, you want situations back. Frazier, the defensive coordinator, you want situations back. And then you're thinking, what else can I do as a quarterback? Josh Allen was incredible. Went toe to toe with with a unicorn. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn, and and what does that make Josh Allen at this point? Because that guy went toe to toe with him, so. Uh, it's heartbreaking, uh, but as a fan, I, I had Knox as an anytime, anytime touchdown <laughs> in the Rock situation, and that didn't even catch. And I was considering, well, my goodness, how does that not cash with all that action in it?
1: Well, I, more so than – because I spent probably the whole show yesterday yelling about why they kicked the ball through the back of the end zone instead of just yeah. doing a squib kick and trying to waste a couple of seconds. But what bothers me more about the defense in those final 13 seconds – it's not the play to Tyreek Hill where I get it. They're playing off coverage, and they're just saying, anybody can catch the football in front of me because we're going to sacrifice yards for time. But the Kelsey catch, on that play, Pritch, just hold them. Just hold everybody. Mm, Why, like yeah. Play every defender up on the line of scrimmage and tell your defenders, tackle the wide receivers. Just hold them. Take the five-yard penalty, but... Mahomes is going to have to roll, roll around before somebody gets open. They're going to burn some time. Just hold them. You can't allow a free run off the line of scrimmage. I, I, that bothered me so much.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, Scott. I mean, we, you know, as an offense, and I was an offensive guy, so obviously we rehearse situations in two minutes more so than the defense. Yep. In fact, the defense is practicing against what we do offensively. Like, I don't know if people know that. Like, in two-minute drill – the two-minute drill is an offensive drill in practice, so the defense is going up against us and what we do. Like, there's not a scout team two-minute drill because in two-minute defense, you don't know what a team's going to do, and, and there's not a, a lot of film or a lot of tape out there to actually break down two-minute situations because they they vary so differently. They're, they're they're so, I mean, the situations are so different, right? So, you know, from a defensive standpoint, I, I get your philosophy of holding. But then on the other end, it's like, why not just play them normal? Mm. Because they still had two timeouts left. Yeah, like play it as if you play defense the entire game, as opposed to going to prevent. Uh, even though it was 13 seconds on the clock, when you have 13 seconds and two timeouts, an explosive, speedy offense like the Kansas City Chiefs does, and a very creative play caller in Eric Bieniemy and, and Andy Reid. I mean, you have to expect anything and everything. So I was shocked that they didn't play that normally on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Uh, So now
1: looking at Kansas City going up against the Bengals, Pritch, um, are you a little bit worried about how easily Josh Allen was able to carve them up there, especially in the fourth quarter and late game situations? And, you know, if you're Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, are you looking at Gabriel Davis and Josh Allen thinking, why can't we do that?
2: Well, I mean, I think the Bengals are for sure thinking that because they played Kansas City recently and did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they lit up the scoreboard and the stat sheet. Uh, that was in Cincinnati, obviously. But then, uh, you know, each game's going to be different, obviously. Now you got to go on the road. But I will say this, the Bengals are road warriors. Uh, and then also Tyron Matthew was out. I mean, we're talking about taking a, a, a pretty good playmaker off the field for the Chiefs in the secondary. Uh, Probably the best playmaker if you really want to argue about it uh, with anybody. But, uh, yeah, I I think his presence not being out there was a factor, certainly against Buffalo. Communication, uh, playmaking ability, speed, all that stuff. Uh, But he'll be back. I I believe he'll be back depending on what the situation is with that concussion Mm -hmm. uh, for the Bengals game. Uh, But, again, I I think the Bengals are going to be highly confident because of what they just did not too long ago.
1: Do you like the total in this game? Uh, it's at 54-and-a-half. It's the largest, uh, if you look at the betting splits percentage so far, the largest percentage of handle is on that over. Um, the prior three AFC title games at Arrowhead all went over this number. Do we get mm-hmm. another game that goes over this number?
2: It feels like it right now. I, I wouldn't bet it right now because I'm curious about what the Bengals are going to do with that offensive line. I I think the Bengals are going to try to run the ball a little bit more, and you know, try to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes because once that guy gets started, Scott, yeah, uh, it's showtime. It it really is. It's showtime, and uh, he embraces the shootout moment. He's an air raid guy from Texas Tech, so he embraces those type of games. And uh, I think, uh, you know, if you're Cincinnati, you want – certainly you want to try to stay away from a shootout if you can. So, uh, to protect Burrow, protect the offensive line, I know they're explosive, uh, but they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more with Mixon, I believe.
1: All right, Prince, let's go over to the NFC. It's the third time that the Rams will play the 49ers this season, the 49ers winning the first two games. Why – if at all, could this one be different than the prior two?
2: Well, you have great players on the Rams. I mean, all-timers. I'm talking about Hall of Famers. And the thing about great players is they find a way to get to the higher level or the next level or the level that they need to get to in order to help their team win. Uh, And you're looking at Vaughn Miller, who is off the charts right now, uh, helping that defense, Uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, and also Aaron Donald, I mean, those guys are playing at a level right now that I don't care who the quarterback is on the other side, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, and so you would think the 49ers highly familiar with that, and they're banged up a little bit. I think Trent Williams got banged up a little bit in that Packer game. We'll see what happens And Kittle. got banged up, and hobbled a little bit too at the end of that game. So the health of those two guys going to be pivotal. Um, but I, I think the Rams have increased the physical play the bully nature that they have on defense, and, and they got playmakers, you know. And, and I, I, the way Matthew Stafford is playing, too, I, I, I yeah. tells me that, that uh, they're going to play differently. Now, can the Rams close out, though? That, that's the problem with the Rams. They've been having trouble closing out games lately.
1: You know, am I disrespecting the 49ers here, Pritch, because I, I honestly don't think that they have done anything in this playoffs. The Cowboys did yeah. everything in their power to give them that game with the 14 penalties and the missed opportunities. And then they didn't score any points off they didn't score a touchdown offensively against the Packers. It was a blocked punt return for a touchdown as to why they won that game. I I just I know everyone's talking about the 49ers, the 49ers, the
2: 49ers. I haven't seen anything this postseason. Yeah, you know what? They've had a distinct edge in in all those games that like you mentioned. The Dallas Cowboys game. I mean, the Cowboys they make so many mistakes. If it's not penalties, then a lack of execution at times too. And so you you know you would think, okay, a running game or executing a little bit better for the Forty ers would get them the victory, and it did. Even though Garoppolo made some mistakes, and then the Green Bay game, the special teams they out executed. Uh, Green Bay with the special team situation so they've been fortunate but in this matchup I mean this is a complete team this might be the best team in the playoffs that they're going to be facing uh, coming up on this weekend. Yeah,
1: and I would—I lean towards the Rams, I lean towards the Chiefs, but if mm-hmm. this postseason has told us anything, and this season has told us anything, Pritch, it's to expect the unexpected. Um, I just think it's a, it's a neat story that the Rams could do what the Bucs did uh, last year, which is play and win the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and and how about the advantage of just playing at home in the NFC Championship game, and then if they win, they don't go anywhere
2: for the Super Bowl. Yeah, wild. that's not bad. <laughs> Two games at home, and you win a Championship. That is not bad
1: at all. <laughs> hey, Pritch, I always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games coming up uh, this Sunday.
2: Hey, you do the same, Scott. Thank you very
1: much. There he is. Former NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard, the host of Betting Across America right here on VSIN. You want to make sure that you tune in each and every weekday. I'm Scott Satterberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott'sOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Maybe I am disrespecting the 49ers a bit. Or maybe I'm just that bullish on this Rams team, and I'm regretting that I didn't buy in on them earlier in the season. This is The Look Ahead here on vsin the Sports Betting Network.
2: in the sports betting network
1: Vision has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever our all new big game big dance special provides vision plus all access to everything we do from now through april 5th for only 69 bucks sign up now and get our daily best bets emails 24/7 video access the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides Plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. What is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Taking a look at the NFC championship game, and yeah, I'm a little bit maybe down on the 49ers, not because of really any good reason about their team. Uh, You know, they're they're a special team. I mean, this is a team that was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, And they have really good pieces. But this postseason, I have not been impressed because they haven't really needed to do much in order to win these games. You know, you play against the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas does everything in their power to lose a football game. You know, all the penalties that they endured, and we're talking about penalties where um, holding on defense on a running play, you know, that happened twice to the Dallas Cowboys, including in a pivotal situation late in the game. I don't remember seeing that call during the regular season. It was called twice on the Dallas Cowboys in that game. They had 14 total penalties. I mean, Jimmy G tried to give the game away by throwing a bad interception, and it was just uh, just wow, just absolutely wow with the way that the Cowboys just handed that game to the 49ers. And so, you know, taking a look at San Francisco and their next game against Green Bay and how would they fare? Well, how do they fare? First drive of the game, they allow the Packers to just go right down the field and score a touchdown. Just, you know, hot knife through butter. But then the rest of the game, defensively, they play really well. Offensively, non existent. They don't score a single offensive touchdown. Special teams, they came through, right? Blocked kick, and then the blocked punt, which led to the touchdown. That's why they win the game. But you know what? Special teams is a part of the game. Just like uh, um, defense and offense and all of it. It's all part of the game. And the 49ers have played well. In that part of the game, which helped them win. But now you go up against the Rams, who have looked great this postseason. And I mean great. In their first game against the Cardinals, they embarrassed Kyler Murray. I mean, he looked shell-shocked on the sideline. The defense got after him they sacked him only twice but they hurried him a bunch. He threw two interceptions. Offensively, Matt Stafford played a clean game and they did enough offensively. Against the Bucks, they were even better. They were constantly after Tom Brady. They sacked him three times. They forced him into an interception. Uh, they had the strip sack fumble recovery. Von Miller, great job there. And then Matthew Stafford, what more can you say about his performance? 366 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And if not for the Cam Akers fumble, Bucks don't tie that game. Bucks aren't in that game. And if not for the Cam Akers fumble at the end of the first half, there's more points put up on the board by the Rams. Like the Rams really could have ended the game there. I mean, think about what happened at the end of that first half. Sean McVay was content with the field goal. So they do a running play. Cam Akers gets, you know, flipped over, lands on his head. He fumbles the football. But at that point, like, they were letting the clock go down to just kick a field goal as time expired. Instead of being aggressive and trying to throw the ball and get into the end zone there at the end of the half. I mean, if they score a touchdown there at the end of the half, that game is over with a capital O. But they wind up not getting any points, and we see how the game played out. But still, with that final possession in the closing minute, Matthew Stafford was able to, with and Sue rushing in on him, throw a dime to Cooper Cup, to set up the field goal. He has just had a very, very good postseason as Matthew Stafford. And he has changed the narrative surrounding him. And now moving forward in this game against the 49ers, I think it's redemption time for Matthew Stafford. And he's going to think back to the game where they blew a 17-0 lead. Earlier, the final game of the regular season, like a game that, think about it. The 49ers should not be in the playoffs right now because the Rams were up 17-0. 17-0. And had an opportunity to keep San Francisco out of the playoffs. But from 17-0, the game was 17-3, then 17-10. Then 17-17, and then Matthew Stafford throws an interception. You know, it's just missed opportunities. And then in overtime, Stafford throws the interception again. Missed opportunities. He gets redemption here this Sunday at home against the 49ers. He has been the reason why this team is potentially going to the Super Bowl, and I think they are going to the Super Bowl. And it's just an amazing story because you think about what the Rams did. The Rams, they were a Super Bowl team a couple of years ago. And they felt that they needed an upgrade at the quarterback position. So they upgrade from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. And he has rewarded them. He had a great season, put up tremendous numbers, helped Cooper Cup to a record a record season. And now, you know, you look at what he is doing in this playoffs, elevating his play. The most important aspect has been not turning the football over, and that's been the difference, and I think that's going to lead them to success against the San Francisco 49ers. And this is not a knock on Jimmy G, not a knock on the 49er defense. This is just really pumping up how good Matt Stafford and this Rams team has been. And, and really, on defense, man, I mean, this is a team that went all in, right? You know, you acquire Von Miller, who was disappointed that, you know, he didn't think that he was going to leave, and he winds up getting traded, and he ends up the Rams. The Rams are a Super Bowl team, and Von Miller played great last week. And Floyd played great. And Aaron Donald is the best, you know, the GOAT. And with Jalen Ramsey on the outside, it's just this is a really, this is a team that was built to win now. And this is all coming to fruition right here for the Los Angeles Rams. And I think they get the job done here against the 49ers. There's a huge story, though, with this game. And it's that the uh, Rams um, have limited the sale of tickets to only residents of Southern California. Think about that. And the Rams are advocating that fans do not sell their tickets. (laughs) Obviously, they were concerned that um, the last game was dominated by 49er fans in that building. But they made an announcement. Public sales for SoFi Stadium will be restricted to residents of the greater Los Angeles region. How about that? <laughs> they do not want 49er fans in that building. I don't know if it's going to stop them, but I think that is really interesting. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's S-C-O-T-T-S. O N A I R. Tweets are not restricted to residents of the greater Los Angeles area. We welcome tweets from anywhere here on the program. Follow us all on the network at VSIN Live. You should head to vsin.com, find out all the ways you can watch and listen to us right here on the Sports Betting Network.